Hello, and welcome to Nature Finds a Way, a pop culture podcast where we nerd out about biology facts and fiction in some of our favorite books, movies, and TV shows. I'm Lindsay, and she's Sarah, and we are marine biologists in recovery, and today we continue the year of Matt Damon, self-proclaimed, with <laughs> The Martian. Yay! Yay! Spoiler alert, Sarah loves Mars. Yay! Yes, I do. I do, I do. Um, So we're mostly going to be talking about the movie, but I definitely reread this book um, also because I love the Mm. book. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty quick once you know what's happening, like, because you can Mm -hmm. skim a lot of the, like, technological, like, super detailed stuff. Some of it's still really good. Yeah. Yeah, so The Martian came out in 2015, and the book, I think, came out in 2011. The book was written by Andy Weir. Andy Weir. And he originally self-published it, which is kind of cool for then it to, like, be a massive, massive, massive hit. Um, And Mm -hmm. he's gone on to write other books that are, well, I've read, uh, I read his other one, the one that takes place on the moon. Uh, and it was good, but not as good. But it was still good. Mm-hmm. And there's a new one coming out yeah. this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I'm intrigued and I will definitely read. Yeah, so if you have been living under a rock on Mars, Lindsay, do you want to tell people the summary of the movie? And then we can. Yeah, so the, yeah. the movie takes place in an, it doesn't give a date, near future, but the book is 2035. Mm hmm. Um, so at that point, we have successfully put people on Mars. And they are there. It's Ares three, so I assume yeah. it's the third mission. But it's it could be the third mission of that set of missions. No, it's, it's necessarily... from the book. It's the third crew to go. It's like they oh, all okay. get tattoos of their Mars number, and he's like seventeen or something. Oh, okay. So That's cool. yeah. So they're there, and they're just doing Mars science, mm-hmm. looking at dirt and other Mars sciencey things. Yep. And then there's a big storm, and mm-hmm. they decide to evacuate and leave because their ship rocket mm-hmm. mav is going to tip over because the wind is so bad yep so they have to leave but in the process of leaving it's very dark and stormy in the process of leaving um one of the satellites gets whipped off and hits our hero matt damon uh mark watley watney in watney yeah and he gets blown away in the wind and then they try to look for him and they can't and then they just leave then he wakes up the next day and he is alive and they're gone <laughs> so he has to figure out what to do and there's a bunch of stuff that happens yes and hijinks and he grows potatoes and does things and then eventually leaves mars yeah. plus a bunch of other stuff happens yeah yeah that's the important stuff <laughs> you know the movie it all turns yeah. out great spoiler alert uh-huh yeah he sciences the shit out of it quite literally so i think the biggest and most obvious scientific not really biological but scientific critique of the book and then also the movie is like the whole inciting incident of a massive windstorm big enough to knock over a giant rocket that's like many stories Mm -hmm. tall and you Mm -hmm. know rated to fly in space Mm-hmm. The wind can be fast, but the atmosphere is so thin that it would never have enough force to actually mm. knock something over. So the surface pressure of Mars is like 0.006 atmospheres. Like, so 6% basically of Earth's pressure. Mm-hmm. And it's 
mostly carbon dioxide, um, which doesn't matter to that, but that's the main reason why you can't breathe it, um, is there's basically no <laughs> oxygen and a lot of carbon dioxide and not very much of it. Um, the main reason that Mars doesn't have a lot of atmosphere, well, there's no life there, so it's not like producing new things, but also Mars doesn't have a magnetic field which is in on earth is generated by our molten core mars doesn't have a molten core and it doesn't have a um, magnetic field so then that magnetic field is part of what helps keep the keeps the atmosphere attached basically mm. yeah um because otherwise it gets sort of blown away and sublimated away by the solar winds oh. yeah yeah so basically there couldn't be enough forceful wind there is like sand and dust everywhere like massive, massive dust storms, but like you would barely feel the wind other than the sand would probably shred your skin. But also if you had yeah. bare skin on Mars, you'd have other problems. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like they have a suit, so it would be unpleasant yeah. to walk and like yeah. hard to see. Yes. Yeah. And like you'd have problems with your solar arrays. Like that could have been the biggest mm-hmm. thing. Like if they lost solar power. Yeah. But if they lost solar power. It wouldn't have been a leave. panic to leave. But then yeah. in the end, he wouldn't have been able to survive. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think partially because the story turns out to be so good other than that, and also because he's a, a white dude who sounds smart, mm-hmm. people forgave it. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, def- I, what did I write in the notes? AKA the inciting incident of this movie that couldn't have happened and the privilege of being a white man writing this story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's no way that this story would have gotten reprinted by a popular popular publisher or turned into a movie with that level of scientific flaw if it wasn't a white yeah. dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. But luckily, most of the other science is pretty good. Hooray! So that's good. So one of the big things is that he has to make his own food because mm-hmm. he doesn't have enough food to last the amount of time it takes for someone to come get him. Yeah. So he grows potatoes out of the potatoes that are there. Yes. Them in half and puts them in the dirt in... The movie, it's kind of just, it's a montage of yeah. stuff, but uh, as Sarah's about to yes. tell you, there are some difficulties with this as well. Yeah, okay, so there's a bunch of difficulties. Like, we always think of dirt or soil that you can grow stuff in as just being, like, inert, but it has a ton of, like, micronutrients and minerals. It also has a lot of bacteria, and then also, like, nutrients, so things like nitrogen and phosphorus and all that. So... Mars dirt, or regolith is what it's called, doesn't have any soil bacteria. It doesn't really have any of the nutrients, which basically is bacteria poop. And there's other problems that we'll get to. So basically he has he has to figure out a couple things. Um, the first thing he has to figure out is the soil bacteria. Um, and so he he's a botanist, so that helps in all of this. But also it meant that he, part of his scientific experiment was to grow like little teeny tiny plants, like probably microgreens or who knows what on Mars. So he had a teeny bit of earth soil. So he was able to use the bacteria from that. And also like, yeah, basically the bacteria from that. And then he was also able to add nutrients by using all of their poop. <laughs> yeah. So human feces do make, does make good fertilizer and some places use it, but it's, very inadvisable to use it to grow food for human consumption um, because of all the pathogens that could be in it. So it's better explained in the book, but if, you, if you're paying attention to the movie because you've read the book so you know that he says it, they do talk about, so his own poop would be fine because he's just, mm. it's like the own pathogens yeah. that he already has. Yeah, but then everybody else's feces, they were disposing of them. They were going to take them back 
at some point, but they put them in these like sealed bags and then left them outside, like so they're not taking up space. So th- they'd all like freeze dried. So any pathogens would have been killed, but he was still able to then have all the the nitrogen and all the nutrients that you need, and then could basically double or like repeatedly double any bacteria from his feces and the soil by mixing it all together and then mixing it with um, Mars dirt as like the medium for the soil. Yeah. And then he just regrows potatoes. Potatoes. I didn't really find a ton about like growing potatoes, but I think like you can get a lot of food from a potato. Like you can without like some things I was finding like with with no effort, like in a lazy growing thing, you could get like six times the weight of potatoes of like from, from one potato, you can turn that into six times the mass of food. And then obviously he was putting a ton of effort Mm -hmm. into it. The other thing that I think is more forgivable because of when it was written. So in about 2007 or eight, they first discovered these chemicals called perchlorates in Mars regolith. And they found them in one place, one of the rovers found them. And they were interested in that because for a lot of reasons, but it's a chemical that often forms in the presence of water and or in the presence of evaporation, I guess, of water. And also some microbes can have a like a metabolism chain that goes involves perchlorates in basically oxidizing chlorine, which is a chlorine. Mm-hmm. And so they knew that there were per- perchlorates on Mars. But since then, they've basically discovered that pretty much everywhere they've looked has perchlorates and quite high concentrations of them in the soil and perchlorates cool for science um very toxic for people yeah (laughs) but 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 he could have solved the problem he would have just had to rinse the soil with water and then he probably could have reclaimed the water to filter out the perchlorates or Mm -hmm. evaporate out the perchlorates and then hydrate the soil so yeah fixable problem but just a step that he skipped but because of the time it was written Mm -hmm. yeah they knew that there were perchlorates, but not that they were basically everywhere that we've looked. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So fun. So fun. Um, it is still questionable whether or not he could have made like a year's worth of calories, <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing. Like it was just because they then get wiped out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Spoiler alert that most of the potatoes get wiped out in an accident. So it's never really like. You never get to the point where all he's eating is potatoes. Yeah. Like, that's just a lot you, of You do in the and book. Else. Like, he gets to a point around, just before he's leaving the Hab area mm. to to drive, he, like, he's out of, he saves himself, like, five rations for special occasions. And otherwise, he's right. just eating potatoes yeah. um, and multivitamins. The big thing that you'd be missing is um, fat. Yes. Yeah. Which he does, obviously, lose a lot of weight. Yeah. Oh, he's, yeah, he would but... be completely malnourished. Um Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but that was kind of like yeah. to be expected in general. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. yeah. Not get, and he's like breathing what you Yeah, recycled. Air. Yeah. Recycled air and, and like lots all that kind of like stuff is just going to radiation. Yeah. Yeah. All that. Not being able to bathe <laughs> properly. Yeah, plus but... his muscles are just yeah. yeah, and low gravity. Yeah, and his yeah. bones also in the low gravity mm-hmm. cuz your bones yeah. like kind of use it or lose it mm-hmm. apparently yeah, they have tre- treadmills on iss yeah and they probably would have had some sort of exercise stuff and like the fact that he was doing so much physical labor would have helped the muscle mm-hmm. and bone loss but also made him burn more calories so yeah exactly toss mm-hmm. up toss up yeah sweaty mm-hmm. so yeah suit yeah and apparently they filmed it hot. basically in order like all the scenes with just him mm-hmm. on mars they filmed 
pretty much sequentially to for like the hair growth and stuff they didn't let him he'd offered to lose a ton of weight they let him lose some but not like dangerous amounts and then they body doubled him i think but yeah Mm -hmm. yep so good Mm -hmm. i guess he does talk about like the fact that these potatoes would be growing with no pests um but like if he had soil that had bacteria in it there yeah, is a chance that there and also mm-hmm. if the potatoes were alive enough to regrow there is still a chance that there could be some sort of disease but way way less yeah, than like, there would be way way less so like yeah. they're, they're potatoes from earth yeah like, it's all of the stuff but then there's the whole other thing of they had to go not the potatoes but the astronauts mm-hmm. had to go through severe health checks before they left yeah. then they were on the hermes for, for like eight months? months no like eight months, eight months to get there yeah so like all of this stuff and like not that they wouldn't have had pathogens but they would have had probably the least amount of yeah yeah diseases that you could possibly have as a human Mm -hmm. exactly by the time they started pooping on mars yeah so yep 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 oh so fun so fun Mm -hmm. so yeah here's the part in the notes that i was going to ask you that i have in my notes Mm. was did you cry when pathfinder showed up yeah (laughs) not this time but the (laughs) first time yeah I I have lots of feelings about Mars rovers. <laughs> I know. You passed them on to me, and I, know. I had feelings. I know. Okay, so here's the Mars rover feelings story. A million years ago, well, not a million, but like 15 years ago, I was working at our local science museum, and part of my job was to like introduce and also like supervise our um, Omnimax like movie theater thing. So we showed like 40 minute science documentaries of various descriptions. And for a long chunk of time, we had a documentary about the spirit and opportunity Mars rovers. And it was so good. It had like instrumental music from Sigur Ross. It was beautifully narrated. It was produced by in part with Disney. It was absolutely gorgeous. It was a combination of like interviews with people and video and also like computer animation of the rovers like being on mars and they were so excited that they'd like outlived their their like expected lifespan on mars and they were doing so good and they all felt so strongly about it and it it was catching (laughs) (laughs) it was catching so yeah so spirit and opportunity are really the ones that i have like the most feelings mm-hmm. for path or yeah pathfinder is cool because it was like the first one but it's so teeny yeah. i know it's so small yeah. and so like i know that it was from 96 97 mm-hmm. but i'm like look at this I'm like you know watching this and like two weeks ago we flew a helicopter on mars yeah full video i color. know <laughs> i know but at the same time like it's good that it, the pathfinder was the one that he could find because also probably like the easiest to hack because it would have had like the least complex computer yeah and like no Mm -hmm. ai like now they have basically like self-driving systems on them Mm -hmm. yeah yeah spirit and opportunity would have been pretty similar to yeah but again like this is the thing of when the book was written like opportunity didn't stop until two years ago yeah yeah not even two years ago yeah and it was also like where he chose to set yeah the have where where he chose to set it Mm -hmm. but yeah, but like so when he wrote it, Spirit and Opportunity were still going. And yeah. Like, what am I gonna do? Like attack them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And tear it apart. I think they might be mad at him. Mm-hmm. hmm But yeah, in terms of be- him being able to fix it with like minimal computer skills, yeah, like he's he a he hardly did anything. Yeah. He just gave it power and it was fine. Mm-hmm. Which is so cool. And then, do you want to talk about the computer hacking part? Sure. Yeah. So the JSC, like people back on Earth, managed to give him instructions 
So yeah, they use Pathfinder to establish communication. I guess we can talk about it kind of in order. Oh yeah. So yeah. So he was able to set it up. Yeah. Like they figured it out because they found him Mm -hmm. by satellites and saw where he was going. Yes. And they're like, this is where he's going. And then they set up their their own Pathfinder. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, they wouldn't have been communicating through the replica Pathfinder, but that's how they figured out what he was doing and how to give him instructions on what to do. Everything else was just like, it was mostly there for visuals for us. But basically what mm-hmm. they figure out how to communicate is, or he figures out how to communicate because he's able to send pictures only because they weren't expecting two-way communication through anything else, nope. <laughs> um, obviously. <laughs> so yeah, so he sends pictures of text with instructions for them and they set up like, a, they use the camera like spinning around to point at different letters, but he can't do 26 letters because it would be too hard to tell what was what. So he makes um, hexadecimal, uh, like ASCII table symbols. So basically, okay, they kind of explain it in the book and I will kind of try to explain it. So we use a decimal, like 10 digits, right? We have zero through nine. Mm -hmm. Hexadecimal is a 16 digit code. So you have um, zero through nine and then A through F. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. And that, sure. yeah, and A through F. So in two digits, you get 32 mm-hmm. rather than 20. So like you get a lot, right. you can so encode a lot more data. Yeah. yeah. It's more compressed. So like, yeah. So like zero A and zero one, I mean, and zero B and zero. Yeah. 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 Those all mean different things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, well, okay. Yeah. They're just, it's just like a, it's a different way of counting. You're counting in base 16 rather than base 10. Okay. You lost me now. So like. <laughs> Rather than going one, like, you go to a second digit on 16 rather than on 10, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So you go, like, 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, A, B, C, D, E, F. And then you go 1, 0, 1, 1, all the way. And so right, right, right. it's, mm-hmm. yeah, so you have 16 digits. So then people have used those 16 digits to do, there's, like, this ASCII thing, which stands for American Standard Code for Information Exchange. I had to look that up. And it's basically a way of representing in hexadecimal or other different codes different characters and it's like a standardized way so like the letter like capital a is hex 41 i don't know why sure they just yeah it was mostly done i'm looking at this it was done for um teletyping and so the 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 order of things is confusing but yeah basically all the letters capital uppercase lowercase digits like everything that's on your keyboard has a matching hex code and they're almost all like you can get you get all the way to lowercase c so it's like all the characters all the digits and then all the capitals and some other characters before and some a few lowercase letters before you have to use three digits so it's just a lot faster mm-hmm. oh no okay. sorry you get all the way to no you get way farther than that sorry i was looking at the wrong column this is a complicated table that i'm looking at yeah so like the last one on this simplified ascii table is delete and that's 7f which is the 127th one so like Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. You get way farther with two digits, so it's way faster to communicate, and it's like, and it's standard. So all he had to say was ASCII. He didn't have to like reinvent it. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. But then through that, they were able to give him like a really short bit of code, like a few lines of code to put into the his rover, and then they could communicate through actual typing. And mm-hmm. in the movie, they make it seem that he like completely hacked the rover to like hook it back up to communicate. The book does a slightly better job of explaining it. And actually, it's like one of the better hacking kind of things. Because really what he does is like tells the rover every time, like 
look over at that thing and every time you see what it's doing like it makes a log statement which is just like printing the thing so you can see what it's doing later and they use that log statement to then enter a whole bunch of data so that he doesn't have to you know stand outside in his pressure suit meticulously mm-hmm. copying down thousands of lines of code that yeah. he can just copy paste it in to the actual mm-hmm. code it makes much right. much more sense than real hacking or like it is more realistic than like your usual movie hacking anyways mm-hmm. i'm also a computer scientist apparently <laughs> <laughs> oops 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 that's okay yeah no makes sense kind, kind of sense of, to yeah. me and so they're like like he's talking to them but there's like a huge lag mm. which like there's always going to be a lag already yeah yeah more than there would already be with yeah. the light speed yes so yeah but that's fine he's still talking to them and he that's a really emotional part. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. Yeah. Oh, and then when he actually finally gets in, like he gets to basically have email contact with the rest of the crew mm-hmm. eventually. Oh, oh, so good. That's really all of the science. Yeah. So he does all that and then he builds stuff. There is a part, like back to the potatoes, mm-hmm. where he has to up his water supply mm-hmm. and he goes through this whole thing about how he does it and he's like, I'm like, this is too much chemistry for me. <laughs> He says, says Iridium at one point, and I'm like, I thought that was the made-up thing in Avengers. But <laughs> No, it's all real. That part's all real. It's all real. And he's talking about blowing up hydrogen and yeah. all sorts of different things. And I'm like, okay, I don't know, because chemistry is hard. Yeah. But sure. Well, so he, yeah, he basically figures out a source of hydrogen, and he has mm-hmm. a source of oxygen. And then if you mix them together, obviously you get water. The yeah. problem that he forgets is that he is, while he's doing this, exhaling which isn't producing more oxygen but it's moving oxygen around like you don't you inhale like 20 percent oxygen and you exhale like 18 percent oxygen like it's yeah you you breathe out a lot of oxygen which is why we don't run out of oxygen when you're like stuck in an elevator (laughs) yeah so yeah so like it's not it's one of those like you know same thing yeah newtonian laws of energy like the amount of oxygen around mm-hmm. was always the same, yeah. but it was moving. Um, yeah. Well, and, he, and that's what, yeah. no, what you're doing. With he, tried, he tried to remove all the oxygen from the air, but he, for, he yeah. didn't take into then account that he was breathing it out. He was breathing. Yeah. 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 And then he almost blew himself up. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, Which it's like a way longer scene in the book. Yeah. Like everything. Well, a lot of things are yeah. way longer in the book. Yeah. Which is fair. Because this movie's already two and a half hours long. Yeah. I love it. Which I was fine with. Yeah. It's so good. So good. Um, yeah. Because there's all of the stuff on the Hermes, which is the long spaceship. Yeah. Long form. Long flight. Long, whatever it's yeah. called. I don't know. Long haul? With long haul. Yeah. yeah. With everybody else. Yeah. Which is not super exciting. It's just very dramatic because they're all upset. Yeah. Um, but Sebastian stands there and just, that's nice for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then there's all the stuff. At NASA, which I really enjoy because it's like a bunch of smart people trying to solve problems. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, and they just like, it's literally all the scenes are just people standing around talking to each other. Yeah. And, but it's so intense and you're just like, well, what are they going to do? And they're like talking about science and math and I'm like, ooh. Yeah. And there's, um, I think, again, it's done better in the book, but it is really good in the movie. Donald Glover's character, Rich Purnell, oh, um, yes. is like a crazy, crazy genius. And definitely, like, neuroatypical. Um, I don't really want to diagnose him from a movie, because I'm not qualified mm-hmm. to be, I haven't met him. But, like, somewhere, you know, outside the, you know, norm of uh, neuro 
functioning in that world. Mm -hmm. And like everybody is totally fine with it in his like immediate team. And in the book, there's a great part where he's like, just tell me if I'm being a pain in the ass, basically. Like just rather than pussyfooting around about like Mm -hmm. him, you know, like being really blunt or being like overly enthusiastic or like over explaining things, he just asks for some for people to just tell him that he's being a pain in the butt. Like, and it's Mm -hmm. really great. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely doesn't come across in the movie, probably, because they don't have enough time. Yeah. Like, he's not actually in it a lot. No. And for me, at yeah. least, like, I didn't have this feeling the first time, but I'm, this time I'm like, he's just being Troy Barnes mm. from Community. Like, he's just a little bit more, because that's just his level of interacting with people yeah. already was kind of through barriers, which was fine, and it's perfectly fine, and it is what it is, but it's not, it never becomes, like, it's not an actual stark right or yeah big character trait he's just like that's just he's just smart and quirky he is yeah 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 exactly yeah but he is present for the best scene of the movie (laughs) which is still holds up even though i think about it randomly throughout my life Mm -hmm. and laugh but it was in the book and obviously andy weir had no idea this was gonna happen i know i know but yeah they have a big meeting and they call it the council of elrond and Kristen Wiig is like, what the hell is that? And then Sean Bean has to explain it. And literally, we're in the theater, and the entire theater just starts laughing yep. because, of course, they do. Oh, it's it's great. It's great. Yeah. It's such a random, just pure meta joy of humor. I know. And I love it. Yeah. And they, they don't even zoom in on his face. They just, like, he's just, like, in the background, like, explaining. Yeah, you're, like, the right. focus is on, like, everybody's confusion. And you meanwhile, yeah. you're like, oh, there's Sean Bean explaining the Council of Elrond and saying that he wants to be, like, whatever. It's one of the elves. No, Jeff Daniels, oh, Jeff Daniels wants Daniels. to be one of the elves. Yeah. No, yeah. Sean Bean's back there, like, I know what the Council of Elrond is. I was on it. I was there. <laughs> yeah. So cute. Um, he's really good at this movie. Yeah, it's one of the like is one of his twenty percent or something of movies where he doesn't die. Yeah, so good on IMDb. So good. Nobody dies, which is this huge thing. I know. It's very rare, and especially for Ridley Scott. Yep, yep, and just like space movies, but that's kind of the whole point of it, sort of. Yeah, like it's all like especially the other five astronauts are like it's dangerous, but. Yeah. Mainly just the normal level of danger. Yeah. Obviously, Mark goes through a lot of danger, but... Well, no, them them that... going back with, like, an untested, like, unrefurbished ship was pretty dangerous. So, basically, they solve him by the Hermes, which is never meant to land on Earth or Mars. It just sort of does, like, a loop between them and orbits Earth and Mars. They basically loop it, or like, do a, uh, like, slingshot around Earth. They don't time travel. It's not Star Trek. Um, and then they that helps them build up enough speed to get back to Mars with um, in less time than any other solution. And yeah, like that yes. part is risky because like they're spending way longer in space. They mm-hmm. they haven't gotten all the, you know, filters checked and blah, blah, blah. But that's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they do set off a, a bomb at the end. Yeah. I forgot about that yeah. part. Yep. Yep. To make it go faster, go slower. Go slower. Go closer. Yeah. It's very, yeah. There's lots of like orbital mechanics y yeah, things. Like, and I, the velocity is too fast. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I don't even know what velocity you're talking about at that well, point. Well, it's relative like, velocity. velocity. I know, yeah. but there's like the ship, and then there's Mark yeah. in his thing, and then there's also like orbits and yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah. and then they got to meet, and there's arcs. And like, it's all calculus, and I'm like, so much calculus. Oh. Yeah. 
Troy Barnes figured this out for me and said it would work. <laughs> Basically. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess one of the big differences in the book is like them blowing the thing off like blowing a hole in the nose cone basically of the ship of the Hermes like makes enough of an adjustment and they're able to correct Mm -hmm. by like burning probably more of their fuel than they should have but again they made that call and that is enough to be able to catch him but in the movie Mark Watney like and in the book he makes the decision but or that makes the suggestion to like cut holes in the palms of his hand to let air out and then like fly around like Iron Man <laughs> um, yep. in the book he doesn't do that which I think is more believable because that would be so uncontrollable but it's a really oh, no. great it's so scene un- <laughs> so it's a great scene it's so intense yeah. because it needed more intensity at the end of this uh-huh. movie uh-huh. and then he's like I'm Iron Man and then just standing there on the ship is like oh I'm the guy who killed your parents Iron yeah. Man sorry anyway yeah there's a lot of MCU people in this movie yeah totally <laughs> oh so good so good um i will try not to spoil it but if you liked the martian and you've been thinking about watching that new movie stowaway i'm gonna say that it's less satisfying by a long shot and less good yes yeah anyways just like have i'm not saying don't watch it i'm just saying don't have high expectations that it's going to be as as satisfying and compelling as the martian yeah also, Matt Damon's not in it. True fact. And why? So why would you want to watch something like that? Um, Daniel Day Kim is very good mm-hmm. in it. That's true. Oh, he is dreamy. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, mm-hmm. the characters are all real good, and it's definitely trying to be more of a character thing than a science thing, mm-hmm. but it, it swings too far in the character mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> Anyways, I'm trying not to spoil it. <laughs> it's very stressful it's okay. and less good. We're going to have just more Mars movies as we continue on, even though I'm sure all screenwriters are sad that there's just perchlorates and not anything else I know. on the surface. I know, but, well, there's a helicopter now. There is a helicopter. It's no longer a planet only inhabited by robots. No, I mean, it's a robotic helicopter. True, but it's still technically yeah. a helicopter, whatever you want to define mm-hmm. that. Anyway, we could talk about <laughs> Mars rovers all day, day but we're um, not Hank Green, so... <laughs> Although, on a sort of Hank Green thing, so on... The Dear Hank and John, they've been doing a bet, which Hank's going to for sure lose, of there being humans on Mars by 2028. And, like, there's no way. We haven't even put people back on the moon yet. I know. So what? So this movie takes place in 2035. So that would mean that there would have been humans on Mars maybe, like, looking at Because they only have that one Hermes and it, how long it takes to do a round trip. and re, Yeah, so, like, mm-hmm. maybe the first Hermes one would have been, like, 2030. So still, like, super optimistic. Yeah. Even in, yeah. Yeah, I think because they talk about Hermes 5 mm-hmm. wouldn't take off for five years and then yeah. they'd be in space for a year. So that would be six years after yeah. Ares 3. So, yeah. But that was two. And they had to cancel, they would have had two. to cancel Ares 4 because he took the ascent vehicle. Yeah. But yeah, but that was before yeah. when they were talking about mm-hmm. it. They were talking about when he, they thought he was dead. Yeah, so if they. So they were saying. Ares 5 would take that long. So, like, so about six years for two. So, yeah, about three years each. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they were on the 2028 plan-ish. But even, like, 2035 for the first people to be on Mars at this point is seeming very optimistic because that's, like, Mm -hmm. 14 years from now. And so it would need to leave 13 years from now. (laughs) Yeah, 13 years from now. But they got to build build it, it. like, now. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, seems unlikely. That was all I wanted to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, because they were building the... Percy, they were, no, they were building Perseverance before 
before ingenuity left opportunity Opp- no not in- no no the last curiosity one. the one that's no the one that's not a rover oh though they it's just there oh uh insight no mars insight yeah the one that doesn't really move yeah. around that just tries to drill poorly yeah yeah tries to drill doesn't work yeah 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 they're building perseverance before insight left, yes so that's whatever I don't even yeah know but those take a really long time to build because they gotta squish a lot of science and that's true yeah yeah but yeah, like they're they're just starting to build and plan the Artemis missions, which are the crewed crewed missions back to the moon. Mm-hmm. Ooh, well, that was the other awesome. thing in this was like 2011. NASA was definitely like NASA style guides were to use crewed rather than manned since then. But it's really only been the last couple of years that they've and like especially with like commercial crew at NASA, like the commercial flights, mm-hmm. that they've really been like externally pushing that crewed over manned. But yeah, internally at NASA, yeah. for sure, since like the mid, like, like 2005-ish, and probably before that, the, the term was, has been crude. Um, but in this movie, they use manned. Yeah. Well, that's because probably at NASA, but not at Andy Weir's house, there's a poster mm. up on the wall of Sally Ride going, I don't need 100 tampons for one week of <laughs> space travel. True fact. True that's fact. my guess. I don't know. Be like, that's yeah. just, just an FYI, guys. Yeah. You're supposed to be literally the smartest people in the history of planet because you're sending people to other planets, but you don't know how menstrual I know. Work. So, uh, anyway. <laughs> so, what a great way to end this conversation <laughs> about, Mars. about Mars and potatoes is tampons, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that brings us to the end of our episode. If you have other Mars questions or if you have a favorite Mars rover, please reach out to us on social media at Nature Finds a Pod, or you can check out our website and subscribe to the podcast at naturefindsapod.com. Sarah probably won't invite you if it's not an opportunity. I don't, so. I don't, no, you can have your own favorite. There's no wrong answer. That's true. Because there's only six? Five. Six now. Six now. I think. Hang on. Plus Ginny. Ingenuity is the helicopter. Yes. That's why I was trying to figure it out. Well, if you count Insight. Insight is not a rover. Insight's a lander. Okay. So yeah, there's Sojourner, which is Pathfinder, and then Spirit and Opportunity, and then Curiosity, and Perseverance. No, there's five. Okay, plus a lander and helicopter. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's other landers. Yeah, there's lots of landers. And lots of orbiters. Oh, yeah, there's lots of landers. Yeah. Hooray! Good job, Mars. Good job, Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. And we will be back in three weeks. Mm. We're taking a special break so that we can celebrate World Oceans Day with Moana. Moana! <laughs> we'll save the singing for next time. <laughs> yep. Get ready. Okay. And in the meantime, stay, stay sciencey, friends. friends.